0: Widows, short widows, Vandero, Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by my conservative counterpart, Cleveland area attorney and defender of freedom, Jay Carson.
1: Hey, uh, good afternoon, Mike.
0: Yeah, it's right. We're doing this on a Friday afternoon. After he's a, a long time off, I think it's been a month now since you and I have done the show. So I, I'm looking forward to getting at it. I've been feeling like a neglected grandchild, Mike. It's, it's uh, good to <laughs> yeah good it's, to have you back. It's it's good to be back in the United States. I've, I'm sure most listeners would know. I've been for the last three weeks in in Italy and then France, where. My wife and i are are planning on we think we might be moving uh sometime in twenty twenty four depending on how various things uh, uh work out or, or don't that sort of thing so so yeah we we learned a lot it was definitely a working trip uh i'm kind of still recovering from the jet lag that that combined with uh, a thunderstorm all last night, and one of our dogs who was deathly afraid of them being up and down on the bed looking for. Some sort of comfort has me. Uh, I'm kind of running on fumes here, but I think I have more than enough adrenaline at the prospect of getting to do the show again with you to get me through until I collapse like like the Blues Brothers car at the end of the movie there. So we'll we'll see how I could do. But anyway, so also I wanted to remember, to let listeners know that we're hoping to do our next uh, supporter choice, supporter participation episode. We've done, Jay and I, we've done a couple of those already. We're hoping we're able, we'll are able, we be able to do that maybe August 11th or 12th, somewhere in through there. Uh, we're going to try to do it on an afternoon if we can arrange our schedules so that way folks who aren't in Eastern time and couldn't make the last two 9 a.m. Eastern things, they'll have a, another option there. So that's coming up in a few weeks. And as you probably know, that's one of those bonuses we offer to our Patreon supporters at a $10 a month or higher level. If you want to check that out, you know, patreon.com slash politics guys, or we always have the link in the show notes there. So anyway, all right. With that, we've got a lot to talk about. New Donald Trump charges. Yes, there are more. The Hunter Biden plea deal, uh, Biden's asylum policy being kicked by the courts, at least for now. Uh, all kinds of stuff about the heat and what the government's going to do about it, if uh, <laughs> anything. UFOs, if the truth is out there, Harvard's legacy admitted. I don't know what we're going to get to, but we're going to get to a bunch. But before we do that, Jay, I just uh, kind of on a brief note, I'm sure, like a lot of listeners, uh, you saw that really uncomfortable moment for uh, uh, Mitch McConnell when he was in front of the cameras there and, and-, and froze. And clearly, they there there may be some issues he suffered some falls and had a concussion this year and, and been out of commission and i've been i think clear for a long time that i think in many ways mitch mcconnell is a worse person uh than donald trump because mitch mcconnell knows full well what he's doing and i believe that mitch mcconnell cares for nothing more than the preservation and enhancement of republican power by almost any means necessary that aside, uh, just as a human being, seeing another human under those horrible, just mortifying circumstances, my heart went out to Mitch McConnell, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Well, maybe Vladimir Putin aside, and I, I certainly hope that he uh, recovers to the uh, to the extent that he can, depending on what's going on. So, I just wanted to put that yeah. out there. No,
1: that's true, and that's, and that's awfully big of you, Mike. Yeah. Well, you know, I am, you know. I, am,
0: I am an awfully big sort of person.
1: <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I think it's important. To,
0: it's, it's so easy, right, right. To, to demonize our political opponents and make them almost subhuman in some way and, and think of them in that way. But there is that common humanity we share. And when you see someone in, in a position like that, I, I would hope that at least to some extent, our hearts would, would go out to even our most implacable political opponents. So I uh, uh, hope you're feeling better, Mitch. All right. So on Thursday, prosecutors in the Mar-a-Lago documents case updated their indictment, uh, alleging that Donald Trump asked the staffer to delete surveillance camera footage in an attempt to obstruct that investigation into his unauthorized possession of classified documents. And in addition, prosecutors added a third defendant, Mar-a-Lago property manager Carlos D. Oliveria, who they allege conspired with Trump and Trump's valet, uh, while not a, in the effort to conceal camera footage from federal investigators looking into the classified documents case. Now, according to uh, Michael Cohen, Trump's former you know, fixer guy, right? Donald Trump likes to do business sort of like a Mob boss, right? He uses code and works through cutouts and never actually says clear things like delete that surveillance footage, you know. um So, for instance, in this particular case, it's alleged that D. Oliveria told another Mar a Lago employee to delete the footage on the server because the boss wanted it done. Um, now, It's possible that the inclusion of now a third defendant could further delay the trial, which uh, Judge Eileen Cannon has scheduled to begin in May. That's a lot later than prosecutors wanted. They wanted it to happen starting in December, but it's also sooner than Trump's attorneys wanted because they've contended that Trump can't really get a fair trial before the 2024 presidential election. And, of course, all this is separate from the indictment that's expected to come out of uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith's investigation into Trump's attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. And uh, on that, uh, it was Thursday on the Truth Social, Trump wrote, My attorneys had a productive meeting with the DOJ this morning explaining in detail that I did nothing wrong, was advised by many lawyers, and that an indictment of me would only further destroy our country. Further destroy. Okay. Anyway, um, no indication of notice was given during the meeting. Do not trust the fake news on anything. Uh, so Jay, I got to say before I, I get your take on this, I think it's at this point getting kind of difficult to keep track of all the charges and pending indictments against Trump. But as far as I as far as I have it, if I'm following along correctly, and I think I am, in addition to this. And the other indictment from Smith that we're expecting to come out soon, there's the New York case involving those hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. The trial there is set to begin on March 25th of next year. And there's also the state of Georgia investigation into Trump's efforts to uh, reverse the result in that state in 2020. And it's expected that charges in that investigation may end up coming sometime in August. And for now, I think that gets us up to date on Donald Trump's legal jeopardy. So I'll let you jump in wherever you want on that.
1: Well, I think there was the, there was, there's also, um, although this chip may have sailed the, the criminal, the, the tax uh, fraud in New York.
0: Right now. I think, yeah, the, the tax um, fraud, I think is involves the, the hush money payments because yeah. that was that weird legal theory, right. Where it was somehow a felony went. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. The, on the, the, um, the, not reporting the taxes correctly on the um, uh, Trump property stuff.
0: Okay, was that a separate thing? Yeah, like I said, it's hard to keep track at this point. So his lawyers are well, not that Donald Trump is famous, of course, for not paying uh, people. But assuming Donald Trump does pay his attorneys, they are certainly going to be well paid by the end of this. So uh, but but on that specific thing that we that I focused on in the open, what do you make of, you know, this uh, this indictment or this uh, updated? I forget the word indictment and adding another defendant and does this really materially change things in any significant way as far as, as you can tell at this point?
1: I, I think this, this does, um, uh, it, it does to some extent. And, and the reason is the obstruction of justice piece, um, strikes me as, um, one, there's, there's a little bit of a, um, and again, we don't know this is true, right? It was, you know, presumed to be innocent at this point. These are just allegations. Um, but if if they are true uh what it, it shows is an indicia of uh, um, uh you know what trump understood to, to be doing was was illegal right right okay um, yeah. you don't obstruct justice uh if if you know you think your conduct is completely legal um the other piece of it is you mean so like so be... like
0: you wouldn't say like i did nothing wrong but destroy the tape yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> good point yeah it's a good point
1: yeah um, so, you know, I think that's, that's, and I think people get the idea of, um, look, I, I, you, you can, you can make, um, and I don't want to say it's a, a, uh, separation of powers argument because it really isn't right about the, you know, whether Trump could classify them or you could, you know, think about or declassifying the documents or whatever. Um, but I think there's, there's still a, and this is, this isn't so much the legal ar- the legal argument, but the political argument of of people who could say, yeah, look, he's the president and yeah, he shouldn't have kept it afterwards, but you know, he's still legit. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the law technically doesn't say I, he can just declassify it by just snapping his fingers, but you know, he's, t-. but this is something different. Um, and I think, I think you don't get that benefit of the doubt. And you don't have that, that argument of, um uh, hey, I'm the president. I can I can declassify stuff, even though I, I don't think that's a great argument. Um, but it, it's much harder to be. Why did you erase the tapes? Right. Um, and, and you, so add, yeah, that, you that, add that you add that with happened, him yeah.
0: saying after he was no longer president, saying to someone allegedly yeah, on exactly. tape that, hey, it's classified, but I, I kept it anyway. It. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: So that's. Yeah. yeah. So so I do think I do think this is this is different. Um. And, and it goes, it goes, again, not to, um, again, th- this strikes me as more, um, there, there's two classes in the law. There's, there's what's called uh, uh, malum in se and uh, malum prohibitum, Ooh, right? The, so, yeah, the, the, the in se, of course, is it's something that is bad and evil in and of itself. Um, the other is just kind of prohibited. And, and the keeping the documents see, strikes me as well. Look, this is just a rule, and sure, it's a, a, a good rule, but um, you could also have a rule that would say former presidents can't keep doc- documents, right? There's nothing inherently immoral, right, in a, in saying a former president could still have access to classified documents. Um, But there is something that it strikes people, I think, is inherently immoral in the, we're going to, you know, destroy or falsify evidence. Yeah. Um. And I think that's that's why it, where it sort of hits home a little bit. And again, it, it sort of um it indicates a, a an attempt to cover up as opposed to um you know, again, what his defense was before, sort of a, a good faith belief that he's allowed to, to access those documents. Um so no, I think that is this is a these are all bad facts for Trump. Um I think it gets it gets more difficult um for for folks who are on the fence to, to support him through this. I mean, again, you can, and, and, and let me, let me be clear. I, I've gone on the record saying, I think the New York uh, case is nonsense. Um, uh, that shouldn't, shouldn't have been brought. I think the Georgia case is reaching um, the Jack Smith uh, remains to be seen. I, I am, um, I am not convinced that, uh, that, you know, what what I, again? I I don't think that I'm I'm not crazy about the Jack Smith case, but this one, uh, um, I mean, I mean the January sixth, uh, Jack Smith, uh, but this. Well, one, I mean, I, Bowen, I mean so,
0: yeah, pointing out that neither of us have have seen there haven't been indictments yeah. yet, and so, but your your presumption based on what publicly available information is that it's going to be a reach,
1: right? Knowing knowing that yeah, what what Trump said at speeches and rallies, uh, was it intemperate? Was it dumb? Uh, yeah, was it inciting people to? um, uh, to, to insurrection. Uh, I don't think it, it reaches that, that level. So. But, you know, it, it seems to me, me that. A obstruction of justice is a obstruction yeah. of justice. And this certainly does tick the boxes for, for that, uh, that offense.
0: It, it seems to me that it, it doesn't really, well, it doesn't really matter for the Republican primary. I mean, you do, we take a look at the polling and DeSantis seems to be cratering Right. He's making all kind of changes to his campaign and it just things are going poorly. And Donald Trump is so far ahead of the rest of the field at this point. I I, I find it not inconceivable, but I find it unlikely that a man who many Republican voters see as the incumbent president still won't end up almost cruising to renomination. And that trial is going to be in May. And that's going to be after probably after the Republican primary is pretty much decided even though it's going to be before the the convention in July right but i, I, I don't see this hurting him at all in that now I, I think your point is about the undecided kind of voters that yeah maybe yeah, that makes him general. less yeah less electable in the general but most of that's baked in too but then again it doesn't take a whole lot of votes either way to to change the change the outcome in some of these states you know just ask Hillary Clinton
1: right yeah so I am. I am still going to, to be a little bit. Uh, um, I don't know what what the word is. Um, I don't see it disagreeable. It's not disagreeable. Um,
0: disagree. It's harder
1: when I do the shows. Sometimes I'm better doing the shows Friday, and sometimes I'm not. Um, contrarian, perhaps. There you go. Right? Okay. That's, yeah. that's, the, the, that's the word I was looking for. Um, in that, yes, uh, Trump leads the polls. Uh, leads them by a lot, uh, as he would say. Um, but nobody's voted yet. So uh, and there was a long time until people vote. So I'm I'm still I'm I'm still don't know that that lead holds up. And you can look at historically uh, other folks who are front runners who had, you know, significant leads at this point in time uh, and then fell apart. Sure. Um, a- absolutely. Fell, think fell apart happened? with much less baggage than Trump. Now, now, again, the, the idea with Trump is, of course, that the people who are, are for him have already factored that in uh, in that baggage. Um, but there's still, there's always so much more. And, and I, I, I do think if, you know, whether it's DeSantis or whether it's someone else who can say, listen, I can give you the, the Trump, uh, policies, but without the, the unnecessary, um, drama, um, but it seems that it, might be a sound,
0: but it seems to, it reminds me of kind of like a, a Scott Walker before that, or after that, around that time, Jeb Bush sort of thing where, Hey, no matter how much the establishment like, might like somebody, Right, it's great to do well with them, but in the end, if you can't, if if you're not an effective campaigner, if you can't reach the people, then it's just not going to happen for you, right? And and yeah. I think clearly it's Trump, then Desantis distantly away, and then just a bunch of you know I don't know probably more than seven dwarves, but whatever. I mean nobody who's even popped up anywhere. So even though I I will agree with you that it's far too. Early to you know, uh, core, to, to give Trump the title, right? That boy it would take an awful lot from DeSantis or anyone else to knock it off. And, of and
1: I would also, I would also add to that analysis. Um, I mean, you're, you're you're correct there in that the the, um, the historical precedents I'm looking at, right, uh, did not involve a former president running again. Right, that changes things a lot potentially. I mean, it's not, you know again, this is this is almost a a situation of like an incumbent. Yeah. Sort of sort of running for, in a, for in a primary.
0: Yeah. And like um, I said, I, I was not joking in saying that for an awful lot of Republican voters, they see Donald Trump as the rightly elected president in 2020. And so he isn't affecting their minds the incumbent president. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's any possibility of any sort of a pre trial deal here, or does this just get fought off to the bitter end? Um,
1: Oh oh, you mean in the we'll I think it gets I think it gets fought out to the end yeah, yeah. I,
0: I don't see any advantage to Trump in making any sort
1: of a deal either, but maybe because Trump, Trump actually sees this as as an advantage, yeah, uh, and to some extent, it is to say, look how they 're persecuting me um. Well, you know, the reason
0: I brought this up of course is I have pretrial deals on my on my mind lately, right? Which maybe well, yeah. is a good uh, segue into our uh the next thing we want to talk about if you want to lead us so, into it. So, yeah, that our
1: our yeah, our next uh our next story is um um under the the headline of wow, that didn't go uh as planned. <laughs> um <laughs> the Hunter uh, Biden plea deal uh imploded is the word I've seen a lot of lately. Uh, on Thursday, after uh, Judge Noriega uh, uh, indicated that she didn't believe that uh, uh, the, the deal had been flushed out yet, she was not ready to rule on it, uh, Biden ended up uh, entering a not guilty plea. Um, there were fireworks at the courthouse uh, as the, the prosecution indicated that uh, they might, in fact, uh, seek further charges against Biden, uh, despite Hunter Biden, clarified, despite the plea deal. Uh, and, uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers said that emphatically that was not the deal. Um, and that if, uh, that's what the government was saying, they could just rip, rip up the plea plea deal, which is, seems to more or less have been what, what happened. Um, now the way these things were, uh, right, you can always come back, uh, and, uh, and come up with another plea deal, but, um, this is, this is certainly not a, uh, good, um, let's put it this way. Again, this is not how anyone was expecting this to go. Uh, and it's certainly not a, a good turn of events for Hunter Biden. Um, uh, and we can talk about whether maybe, maybe or maybe not it's a good turn of events for Joe Biden. Um, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so what are, what are your thoughts, uh, Mike? I'll, well, I'll, I'll
0: I guess I, think I'm thinking about this around. in two ways. No, number one, I looked at sort of the, the deal itself and, and what the judge said. And on that, I, I found myself sort of Agreeing with her, it seemed to be. If you go into a, a situation, right? where Hunter Biden did, and the judge says, "Well, do you agree to plead guilty, understanding that additional charges can be filed against you?" And you say, "Huh? <laughs> no." I, Wait, what? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. that's someone. Yeah, no, I, their...
1: that's what you have to do at that point. You yeah. have to say, "Yeah." And no, so, when he didn't yeah. say
0: that, my understanding is that everyone scrambled and said, "Well, let's put something together really quick," and they did that. And not surprisingly, the judge said. Well, wait a second. So you're saying that um, somehow I'm supposed to be in charge of figuring out if Biden violates the terms. And then if he does, right. I will somehow bring these charges back as opposed. And that's, to- a, and
1: that's another piece of, the, of this deal, which is entirely unusual. Yeah. Um, is that it sort of turned, turned it over to the judge to supervise uh, his his, um, uh, his his adherence to the plea deal uh, rather than to the prosecution. Um, which again is 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 odd, and the, the judge said, "Wait a second, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure I can even have the constitutional authority to do this."
0: Wait, which is what I think a prudent um, judge should do, especially in such a high profile case. If you're not sure, yeah. just say, "Hold on uh, a minute here, this doesn't seem right to me," and it seemed a little fun funky to me too. So there's that, right? But I feel like what happened has been mischaracterized by a lot of people, like. For instance, it seems to me that the Republican uh, talking point is that this was a sweetheart deal that fell apart. Uh, Virginia Fox, who's a Republican on the House Oversight Committee, said uh, uh, the development that the sweetheart deal turned sour is welcome news to every American. It collapsed under the weight of its own blatant corruption. I'm like, well, if you want to argue it collapsed under the weight of anything, maybe blatant incompetence, perhaps you could say, OK, it does not seem to be a well-structured deal. but what Fox and other Republicans have said, prominent Republicans have said, seems to me to be going past what we actually know to be the case. And engaging in some pretty significant, and I would argue in some
1: instances, unfounded speculation. Yeah, so I, I, I would tend to agree because yeah, I, I read it differently okay. um, as to what happened. Um, and again, if you look just at the facts that we absolutely know for sure right? What happened in court? Uh, the judge absolutely did the right thing saying, look, this isn't, <laughs> you know, one, you're asking me to approve a deal. It doesn't sound like you actually have a deal. Right. That's a problem. Um, yeah. You know, so that's, that's the biggest, biggest piece of it right there. Second of all, the deal you are sort of asking me to approve, um, uh, requires me to do something that I'm not sure I can constitutionally do. So I, I need to check on that. Um, and, and third, uh, this is a, a, a big public piece with some some moving parts uh and and it is necessary to get this right. Um the other thing that I I, I didn't mention, which is also kind of a weird, curious thing, um uh is the the call to the clerk's office. Uh, I don't know if you followed any of this stuff. No, uh, go please. Uh, so like judge the judge has also put on an order um asking uh Biden's Hunter Biden's lawyers uh to show cause why they should not be held in contempt. Uh, for an alleged conversation with uh, a member of the clerk's staff where a, a person from uh, Lanham Watkins, uh, the Hunter Biden's law firm, uh, called the clerk's office and said there was that something was filed inappropriately, that it hadn't been appropriately redacted. Um, and, you know, could the clerk's office uh, strike that or, or pull it off the docket um, now this is where the it, it gets interesting because there are two different stories. The clerk employee at this point is, is what we're led to believe said that the person who called them said they were calling from um, uh, the uh, uh, the prosecution or the, from a an Amicus, uh, a conservative group that filed a, a brief, um, uh, and uh, this person the person, Len Watkins, denies that. Um, so the, the court is, is, is looking at that, but that's, and then what happened was the entire amicus brief was, was, uh, pulled from the record, uh, which had this, uh, stuff, which was, which was public anyway, but setting that aside, it's, it's weird. Um, and, and it's, there's weirdness and, and there's, look, stuff happens in the news with uh clerk's office and so forth. Um, but. But this is this is extra weirdness to to an extra weird case to begin with. Um, well, so know, setting setting yeah. that aside. Right. Because, again, we don't know the judge will issue a ruling on that at some point, And then we'll 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 know. But well, um,
0: yeah, I I guess we you and I haven't had a chance to talk about really so much the the charges and and what was agreed to more or less or not clearly less than Biden would have liked. But OK, so. Yeah. There are two basic things, right? Unlawful possession of a firearm because he was a, was a drug user and there was a federal law against that. Now, based on my understanding, it's not crazy to have an agreement with a pretrial diversion program, which is part of the deal, when the defendant doesn't have a prior criminal record. In fact, I think you can make the, the argument that the fact that this was Joe Biden's kid made it more likely that he'd be charged with this in the first place, and then the second part of it is failure to pay taxes. Right, two de- misdemeanor counts he was supposed to plead guilty to. Now, often in these failure to pay taxes cases, they don't even charges aren't even brought. Now, when they are, I uh, my understanding is they're more likely to be felony charges because you're going to bother to bring them in the first case, first place.
1: Right. because most people, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So this yeah. feels again a misdemeanor again, thing. It's just yeah,
0: yeah. This feels like a compromise, and so I think. I I think not only is this not a sweetheart deal, but you can make a reasonably strong argument that he was actually treated more harshly by uh, prosecutors because the microscope was on and because he was Joe Biden's kid. Whereas just some random rich guy, rich connected guy who wasn't related to the president of the United States probably wouldn't have had any charges filed against him at all.
1: Well the yeah I suppose you can yeah you can make that argument. The the two IRS whistleblowers who have testified under oath uh would, would tend to disagree. Um uh, I I think the bigger issue on the tax thing, the gun thing I I I agree with you on. Um uh the, the tax thing, I think the bigger issue is did the IRS slow walk all of the tax stuff, IRS slash uh, Justice Department, uh slow walk all of that uh Uh, So that the statute of limitations had run on the more serious tax offenses. Um, And that's, those are, you know, questions that they're looking at. So to me, that's, if there's, if you want to say the corruption, sweetheart that's, that's where it is. Um, uh, Uh, Let me say on that, Jay. On on the gun thing, that's, that is sort of small potatoes. So Uh,
0: on the tax thing, I would say there, there are maybe two elements of this. If, if federal uh, prosecutors, if IRS, if, if folks in the administration did this because they thought it would somehow curry favor, or they were concerned about repercussions if they were too aggressive. That's that's one thing. It's something yeah. else and far more serious if there were people from inside the inner circle of Biden administration who reached out and made comments, threats, however you want to, warnings, if you will, that's a whole different level. Now, I know there's a House committee that's looking at, right, the the Biden family, crime family committee or whatever, looking into all of this stuff. Uh, And As far as I can tell so far, there's no indication that there's any direct involvement from the White House. But I certainly could understand if I'm some mid-level government employee, and I know that the president's kid is being up on, potentially up on charges, I could see where if I were concerned about my job and maybe didn't have the sterling integrity that, of course, I possess, where I might say, yes. gee, I don't know, maybe I should go a little slower on this, even if no one said anything to
1: me. So this strikes me well, as... The, go ahead. Their, their testimony to some extent is that they wanted to pursue other other things. Hey, can we go interview, uh, conduct this interview? When they were told no. Hey, can we do... Um, uh, uh, you know, follow up with, with this witness? Right. No. Um, and that sort of thing. And that's, that's the question that, again, that's what they've testified to and that's what the hearings are looking at. Uh, and the question then also goes to um, uh, U.S. Attorney Weiss, um, uh, the U.S. Attorney for Delaware, uh, who is, you know, the guy bringing the charges essentially, uh, whether he had free reign or not, you have uh, witnesses who said that uh, he said that, um, that you know decisions were made being made above above his head. Um now he is he has been called to to testify before Congress. Um and he is not at this at this point, uh which which gets me to if I'm really being sinister, Mike. Um, Go for it. The government's the government's uh insistence that oh additional charges may still uh be be brought. Um, that, uh, essentially helps get Weiss off the hook because he can then say, well, the investigation's ongoing, I can't testify. Um, whereas if this does conclude the investigation and everything is done, uh, wrapped up with a bow and it's all over, then there's no reason that Weiss couldn't testify. Well, you um,
0: know, yeah, I, to kind of be contrary into that, I, when, when it comes to these sort of massive plots and organized things i, I tend What's to not think a massive plot well man, you're right plot. it's a medium plot right but i i, yeah. I tend to I, I tend to go with the simplest explanation of kind of human nature and so if you're the prosecutor maybe you just say or imply something like that to give yourself coverage well it's out of my hands there are people upstairs tell them and maybe they are maybe they aren't right and this all i, I hate this conspiracy that's fine but stuff, if, if right? he but,
1: i mean the question is did he say it or did he didn't say yeah it? right and this was was yeah, he I being that's, truthful in that's, saying that's no? That's yeah, a question worth worth asking. Yeah. yeah, The other the other piece that, that strikes me is is just weird about this is the the, the law firm that's representing Hunter Biden. Um, they are uh, uh, they're uh, they're no slouches, right? Um, this is one of the premier law firms in the country, uh, and they tend to specialize in a lot of uh, Democratic causes. Um, and with a very important client. Uh, and it's, it's sort of inconceivable uh, to me that they would uh, go to court, show up at the morning of the hearing, um, if they did not have actual real assurances that this would end all the charges uh, against their client. Yeah, that seems really weird. I mean, that's, right. that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. like the actual, that's the first question, if I'm the client, right, uh, and a client who has an important dad. Um, would ask is if I plead to this, is this mean it 's all over and and um you know i, I can 't imagine them proceeding as far as they had uh if the government had not actually made it, made those assurances to them um so i i yeah that that to me is sort of sort of and again this wasn 't uh um this plea deal wasn't just kind of thrown together over a cup of coffee. I mean, these were sort of intense yeah, negotiations yeah. over a period of months uh, between the United States Justice Department and and one of the country's highest-powered uh, law firms. Um, it, to me, it, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable that 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 sort of detail just kind of slips through the cracks. Um, and which, it's not right. Which, this again, is, this I'm, not is trying, yeah. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial. No, no, this is different.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I should yeah. point out that I think if you look at if you looked at any prosecution of a powerful and connected person under this kind of a microscope, you would find all sorts of weird stuff. But you're right. There's a distinction between like the weird clerk thing that you're talking about, which is kind of maybe a peripheral sort peripheral sort of thing, as opposed to failing to nail down the key
1: element in the, why someone would the actually... the essential material Exactly, piece of, of, yeah. exactly. And so something... It's, it's like having... It's like in a civil settlement agreement, saying, "Okay, if I if I settle this, uh, if I pay you this, then that ends our lawsuit." Yes, except I might sue you again. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's kind the, of a the fundamental big, piece is you're yeah. releasing all the claims. Yeah, um, there's there's
0: no way if the two options are either like you said that these highly trained, incredibly intelligent people who knew they were under a microscope, either were somehow making
1: thousands, getting paid thousands of dollars an hour.
0: Yeah, were somehow inexplicably uh, uh, incompetent or someone's not telling the whole truth yes and i know where my money is right so but yeah so to me though you know kind of weird uh the irony of this is what is hunter biden accused and admitted to doing well Having a gun and screwing over the IRS, you would think Republicans would love that. I mean, my God, that's practically your <laughs> well, point. I, you, I, I am a
1: little sympathetic to him on the gun charge. Like I said, I think that's kind of not that yeah. big a deal. Yeah. So um, did, uh, on this, do you
0: think that uh, – I asked a settlement question before. Obviously, I think it's very diff- – do you think that they will be able to come up with some sort of uh, – with some sort of a, a settlement here that, you know, after they kind of work over it again, what your are what you're
1: thinking. I think, let's, let's watch, let's watch to see what happens with the Weiss uh, subpoena and whether he will testify. Um And I think you may get, start getting the answer there. If, if I'm right. Right. I mean, I could, I could be wrong. And I could just be completely conspiratorial. I, I haven't been able to talk to you for like three weeks. So I, you know, I, my mind kind of wanders into the, the fever <laughs> swamps of the there right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, uh, without, without you bringing me back, but, but no, I, I think there's, there's a concern there. Um, and the other, okay. The other thing, this is going back to not conspiracy, conspiracy theories, but everyone knew, of course, when this deal was announced, if you're, if you're president Biden, if you are democratic politicians, if you are uh team hunter, that. Uh, this deal would be heavily criticized no matter what it did, right? If 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 the deal was Hunter's gonna spend five years in jail, Republicans would have criticized it as a sweetheart deal, right? I mean that's that's the, the political fact. Um but despite all this and despite the the getting hammered on the this is a sweetheart deal, this is a sweetheart deal, um the government and again the, the government being accused of, of corruption, right? The prosecution being accused of corruption and, and giving him no one ever said no, 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 it's not a sweetheart deal because we can still prosecute him on these other things. And, and to me, that's what yeah, yeah. Me is, well, why. Why wouldn't you have said that? That would be if, a if the that poor really thing to point out. out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's um, there's th- a lot of questions here yeah. for sure. And, and, and to me, this is larger than Hunter Biden. I think this just kind of puts a uh, really magnifies the extent to which at least I believe. We really have uh, sort of a two-tier justice system. If you are a powerful and connected person, uh, things work differently for, from you. If you were just some, like if I decided to take drugs and get a gun and not pay my taxes, things would be different for me. Um, um you know, it I would be, yeah, I, I would certainly consult you uh, before I yeah. get <laughs> any of those. Not, not prior to that because that would involve you in a criminal right. conspiracy. Or if you, you, but, know, you know,
1: afterwards. or if you paid hush money to a porn star you know, mistress, you know, I, I mean, have, uh, yeah. you know. So yeah, things would be um, a little different for me. But
0: anyway, let's. Uh, how about we stick with with Joe Biden, but this time in actual uh, policy stuff. Because we'll stay still, still with the judicial stuff because President Biden's asylum policy was recently struck down, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So on, on Tuesday, a federal judge, uh, blocked, uh, Joe Biden's, uh, asylum plan. Um, the, uh, issued an injunction, essentially uh, putting the ruling on hold for 14 days for possible appeal. Um, but, uh, the, uh, Judge John Tiger of, uh, California's Northern District, who'd actually ruled against uh, a similar Trump administration, uh, policy uh i said that look this looks pretty much the, <laughs> the same as the trump uh, policy um it has to do with with when um uh, migrants can be uh, uh essentially uh, taken out of the, uh, removed from the country or whether the um uh, they have to um ah, see i it's friday afternoon last Christmas it, it, it
0: can be rough but yeah, when, the civil, can...
1: yeah civil liberties union uh assumed that um that the asylum rule bars migrants um, who's passed passed through another country from seeking asylum in the U.S., um, uh, which is which is new. So, and, and similar to the, the Trump rule that was sort of similar to the uh,
0: yeah, it, you know, it, it's weird. in Mexico. Actually. It's it's weird to me, Jay, because this seems to be an example of a policy that's effective, but clearly illegal, as far as I could tell. And what I mean is is okay. So the policy, if you're an asylum seeker and you've crossed. Through another country on your way to the border, the, only the southern border, I think we're not having a whole lot of problems with that the Canadian thing, uh, unless you've previously applied for and been denied asylum somewhere else or you're, you're able to get the CBP1 app on your phone and schedule an appointment right. at a port of entry, then you are barred from seeking asylum. And right. now that's worked. Right? I, I, something like under the new rules, like almost 90 percent of the people applying for asylum have been ruled ineligible. Uh, and this is a big change from
1: like pre. Well, they've been they've been to be to be clear, they've been ineligible to apply for asylum. Right, right, right. They've been, and if yeah, you can not simply they've applied for an asylum and not got. Exactly. It. Which is
0: even yeah. easier. Right. Which yeah. is that was after yeah. Title 42, which was basically yeah. doing the same sort of thing. But then the public health emergency ends. And, and so. Here's the weird thing. So it's been successful, right? The, the, the rates of even allowing people to apply way down. So from a policy perspective, at least if you want to keep people, that many people from applying, from overloading the system, it's worked. But the problem here is I actually did something that apparently the Biden administration decided not to do is I actually looked, looked at you looked at the statute. Ah, damn it. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, let me let me read this, the, the relevant portion. Any alien who is physically present in the United States or who arrives in the United States, whether or not at a designated port of arrival and including an alien who's brought to the United States after having been interdicted in international United States waters, irrespective of such alien status may apply for asylum. Now, I don't know, Jay, that's pretty clear to me. It doesn't say you have to have the app. It doesn't say you have to do it through a regular port of
1: Mike. Clearly, clearly, the Biden. Uh, this is is one of those cases where uh, uh, you ought to to defer to the uh, asylum experts, um, (laughs) uh, who who interpret these policies and interpret that statute, uh, to mean that um, uh, you have to have the app and apply uh, from a different country first. Uh, That's that's obviously a plain. Uh, easy interpretation uh, that, again, the, the experts could make.
0: I mean, I I, I literally because, you know, I I, I expected that to, to take to need to take a lot of time on this one. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and like I said, I read the, I read the statute. And I was like, well, well, duh. Uh, it, it, you know, the president doesn't get to write the asylum laws. And uh, what he's doing, what they're doing here is creating procedures, creating regulations that effectively do rewrite the law and hey, you know that that's the code goes on to basically say if you've suffered persecution or you have a fear of it because of uh a race religion nationality politics or part of a group you're in you get to apply if you're here that's just like yeah period if congress wants to change that they can do that but the president i don't care if it's trump i don't care if it's biden they don't get to do that for me this is an easy one. Uh, the judge was right. I don't know what the Ninth Circuit's gonna do because obviously the no, no, I think I, I think
1: I think you, you can still make the argument of, of sort of for a remain in Mexico type thing of, of you can apply but you don't have automatic access. Yeah, in uh, fact, to, to move freely around the country. But I don't think you can bar the application. Yeah.
0: No, that, that's a good point, yeah. because part of that part of the asylum law does say has a exception as an exception about international agreements and some kind of a remain in Mexico policy would presumably relate to that or could relate to that in some way. But yeah. but like I said, I it just this just seems to me to be an easy one. And I understand why the Biden administration did it. But this i i don't know this one's like i said this this just seems to me like i said to be effective if you want to keep people out but pretty clearly the president the administration going well beyond
1: what they can legally do well let's i mean i i'd also argue even on the effectiveness right um because it's it's a matter of uh uh well i don't i don't know i mean if they're i don't know how many people are actually being moved and caught and maybe all this does is is um uh prevents the application but it doesn't prevent the uh, the the illegal immigration
0: yeah as far as i as far as i could tell now i'd have to double check on this i wouldn't want to just go off the cuff but just the numbers of encounters are way down as well and i think that wouldn't be surprising because if the word comes out that hey you're not even going to get an application or not even get an interview for asylum then that might make people less likely to kind of try but but uh, so or, I,
1: or they or it might or it might make them less likely to just show up and turn themselves into Border Patrol and say, hi, I'd like to apply for asylum.
0: Yeah. But I, as far as I know, that's not what's what's been happening. But yeah. but, but in any case, it, this is basically a continuation of the Trump era, Title 42 light, just with a different equally right. well, with a different, a different, a different
1: yeah, reason. Behind yeah. It. yeah, because
0: Title 42 was perfectly reasonable when we had a public health emergency. It wasn't. And so they need to do something. And pretty clearly, there's not a lot. There's not the political will, the bipartisan agreement to make changes either to asylum law, uh, which, you know, the the Trump administration, at least early on, was interested in doing or to beef up our capacity to deal with all the asylum seekers, which plenty of people, including myself on the left, would like to do. And also some libertarians as well. None of those things are going to happen any point in the immediate future. but just kind of making your own law to deal with it, uh, off the cuff is, uh, not okay. Yeah. There yeah we go. I think we, I
1: think we agree on this one. All yeah. right. Every once in a
0: while. So, all right, well, why don't we move on to something really different? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how it is in Cleveland right now, but I'm being it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of hot. Yeah. Hot, muggy, about, yeah. generally muggy. Yeah. It was, I did, when I was in Italy and France, just ridiculous, the heat beating down. It's just in, in Rome, especially with anyway, but, uh, you know, of course, as people know, uh if if you're in if you're in the northern hemisphere, I think it's it's pretty hot. Uh we're setting heat records all over the place. July is on pace to be the hottest month ever recorded. And it's not like the government can do anything about the weather, but there are things well, can they? Well I'm <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay. Yes, but with alien technology. Anyway, but uh there are things, right, that can you that government can potentially do Number one, about longer term climate change, uh, as well as in the shorter term, ways to help protect people from uh, uh, the heat, extreme weather that a lot of people are clearly and obviously experiencing. And for instance, on Thursday, President Biden announced a number of measures that his administration would take to help folks deal with the heat. He said, we want the American people to know help is here and we're going to make it available to anyone who needs it. Now, one of those measures is that the Department of Labor has issued a heat hazard alert to remind employees of their legal obligation to protect workers from heat illness, heat injury in the workplace. That's going to be combined with increased inspections, enhanced enforcement by OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. In addition to that, Biden announced that the Forest Service would be awarding over a billion dollars in grants to help communities plant trees and that can actually make a big difference, especially in urban areas. There's been some research finding that if you put in a decent amount of tree coverage, that can lower core temperatures by more than 15 degrees Fahrenheit in some instances. which Yes, that's, that's yes. I'm,
1: I'm, actually, that's something I've been preaching for years.
0: Well, I want I want to get to that because I know the trillion trees thing is a big Republican thing. Uh, but. I should mention some other actions. Uh, more support- I've never even heard of that, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. But anyway, all right, all right. more support all for, for, for expanding water yeah. storage in western states, which need it. Uh, increased funding to the National Oceanic Admi- Admi- Atmospheric Administration for improving weather forecasts to help improve preparedness, getting better forecasts for heat waves, other extreme events like that. So that's kind of the general stuff that President Biden outlined. Do you have any problems with that stuff? Not
1: particularly seems like basic um, I mean stuff. again i'm sure I'm sure if I dig into the the uh, the, the details um, I could find something I didn't like um i i I would be remiss if I didn't note that uh, our our I think like four um, arPA water slides at our, our new pool are now all broken um, uh, so again that just just you know that my uh, you know question of always whether can can the government um really do anything competently, and, and so forth, and again our secure <laughs> cure COVID, to rescue uh uh the american uh, economy um we did put in a bunch of water slides uh at our public pool um but um, <laughs> anyway, just yeah, it struck me again is that sort of yeah doing double duty helping with the heat wave and uh, uh, uh rescuing the uh, rescuing america but no, I, look I'm all for a lot of these these interventions that are essentially low-do uh, non-transformative of the economy type thing of of uh, you know what putting in more trees in, in urban areas that reduces the you know urban uh, 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 germ, you know uh, 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 thermal island yeah uh, phenomenon get um, uh, you know, painting rooftops white or other reflective things that, that cuts down significantly on heat that's absorbed in urban areas. Um, there are, I, I, so yeah, generally I'm, I'm all for that sort of stuff. Uh, uh, because it strikes me that, uh, you know, our ability to control, uh, rain in whatever you want to say, climate change, um, is, is always necessarily limited. Um, even if even if the United States stopped all carbon emissions tomorrow, uh, China is still putting whatever it is, 14 new uh, coal plants or, or whatever the number is a month. I think it's probably higher than that uh, online. Um, so I think I think we're better off the button. The money's better spent looking at these uh, remediation efforts. Uh, and, and this is going to sound sort of silly, but, you know, to treat the, the symptom as it were uh, as opposed to the disease. Um, but, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always, like I said, I'm, I'm not a, a climate denier, uh, by, by any means, but I'm, I'm skeptic, skeptical of individual, uh, you know, findings that, that come out every now and again, particularly the ones that, that indicate the world's ending. So. So
0: if I understand your position on this more generally, it's that you, you believe that there is good evidence that human uh th- that humans have contributed in a significant way to climate change but you believe that many of the uh reports on it are worst case scenario alarmist and that you have perhaps not perhaps you have considerably more faith than i do in the ability of markets and technology to deal with these things before they reach any sort of a tipping point
1: yes yeah that's kind of what i thought yeah. and that that's kind of where that's yeah. kind of where or, or, we... or if even if we even if we reach a tipping point i have better faith in markets uh, uh to, to deal with these things than i do the government um and in either either event i think that you know typically uh the, the the idea of well we just need to have the government control more of the economy um I, I don't know that 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 helps the problem. So, but but
0: yeah, I mentioned the trillion trees thing. In fact, uh, I think it's uh, a couple months ago, or maybe last month. I guess I'm times blurring for me. Uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy mentioned the trillion trees thing, and and now uh, you know there's there's research, obviously pretty good research, saying that yeah, that that's certainly a good thing for capturing carbon and lowering temperatures and that sort of thing. A lot of us on the left feel like well, it's just a way to kind of. Essentially, ignore the greater problem because number one, well, a trillion trees would cover, would require something like, I believe, the land mass of the continental US. And that there are things that we could do that are more effective, but that would require more sacrifices from deep pocketed industries that aren't really interested in doing that sort of thing. And so I think I, President Biden, in fact, has said you know he thinks that that's this is just some sort of a some sort of a feint from the right, and it doesn't really you know oh we're dealing with it we just need to plant a trillion trees and and, and well, I think
1: the that left hate trees
0: well no our, our ability to pollute certainly is far greater than the efforts we have put in place to mitigate the effects of climate change. Even though I'll point out uh, that the Biden administration has done more than any other administration on this, but even that, you know, that's often touted, right? The Inflation Reduction Act. I know you, you love that name. Right, uh, right. The, the largest piece of climate legislation in US history. But even that, 370 billion over ten years, that's over the over ten years thing is the important thing. That's not really a ton considering the scope of the problem. And again, I'm coming at this but from no a, trees. Well no, uh, trees are trees are part of that. He mentioned the trees in there? All right. The Forest Service is awarding over a billion dollars in grants for trees. So, yeah, you can okay. plant a lot of trees for a billion dollars, I would expect. All right. Maybe not a trillion, but still a lot. No, yeah, yeah. Probably, not a, probably not a trillion. But I guess my point is that I come at this from a very different perspective. And I, I guess I, we agree that human-caused climate change is a real thing. I differ from you somewhat in that I think you believe that the reports are more alarmist and worst case than I believe. Uh, and then we differ a lot in, I am less confident in the ability of future society, whatever it's 10, 20 years, to deal with uh, a potential tipping point when you have things like uh, currents changing, glaciers melting. There are certain things I have come to understand or believe that once they're gone, they will be so far beyond their ability to get back. And you are just, I think, almost crazily optimistic on that well i could be. i hope you're right i mean that would be that would be nice but i uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll find as as this has this season of record heat changed any the way you feel about any of this stuff or not really something
1: not not particularly uh, and and i'll I'll tell you why because again i look i I've, I've said i accept that you know climate change is real and and we can uh you can say it's hotter than it it has been before um when i start to when i start to get Extra skeptical, right? um Are these these claims? Uh, mm-hmm. There was someone saying, "Well, this is you know the hottest summer it's been in 125,000 years or so," um, and that that strikes me as well. Do we really? want we don't really have the records from 125,000 mm-hmm. years ago, and I understand we can do things like with ice cores and so forth, and you can drill down and you can find and you can extrapolate information, right, from from uh, uh, ice cores, fossil records, all that sort of stuff. Um, but we, we, you know, when we're talking about tenths of degrees and we're also talking about global temperatures, does that really tell us what's going on globally? Um, I'm not always sure that it does. Um, secondly, I'm also skeptical uh, and not of of the science, but of scientists. Uh, look, there is the 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 I, I, mean, I could I could point to there was a, a piece recently on um, this is all coming out of the. You know the various COVID uh, cases and and um, some of the scientists who wrote a journal articles saying no, there's no way this virus could have been man-made um, or could have escaped from a lab. Um, there's email correspondence going back and forth between them saying, "Well, yeah, it really could be," um, but you know what? This is this is what uh, we need to say right now, and we don't want the their words uh, shit show uh, blaming the uh, the Chinese for this. So here's what we'll say. Um, so I'm, I'm skeptical that you know I, again I would I would put it in, in this phrase that um, all humans lie and all scientists are human um so yeah and the, the beauty of science right the the thing that that why science has been the driver of of Western civilization um, is that it can get around that uh, by saying, okay then if you don't believe these guys do the experiment yourself right um and and that that is sort of the the way to truth the way to get around the the fact that all humans lie is well okay maybe they do uh but if you have a whole bunch of different people and they all try this and they all come up with the same results then you know um so so yeah and again that's i don't know so 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 and also again i i'm i'm skeptical of global temperatures and how we measure those it's been it's been unseasonably cool in cleveland uh this year um this is like uh you know probably one of the first days it's it's uh, been over 90 and it's at the end of July that's that's unusual. Um so again yet, I'm not saying yet, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it's it's crazy hot other places. Um and 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 but, I think you know there's distinction my understanding
0: of when they're talking about warmest uh, ever recorded means ever recorded not
1: before recording. Yeah technology for temperature Well, no no really there, but there were there there have been some statements yeah i heard just this morning of, of people saying well i think it depends um, because I, you again know, in the hundreds of thousands of year you know i range. think
0: there's that filter effect like for instance when you're hearing a lot of climate news reported through media of the right i think they tend to pull out the craziest most out there stuff and representative is being being the view of the mainstream. Oh no, no, this was
1: public. This was public radio. No, I,
0: I, I think, I, yeah, I, I think that tends to get exaggerated. On, but, but, but in any case, I guess you know, there, there are there are some other aspects of this that you and I might agree on more. Like, for instance, in Florida, right? It's becoming because of climate change, and 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 uh, at least a lot of people would argue climate change and natural disasters related to that hurricanes and so forth. It's becoming incredibly difficult for many people to buy. Homeowners insurance in Florida. And for instance, I know Florida has a uh, whatever government organization, uh, what's it called? Citizens Property, I think, set up to subsidize that. And I don't know, may, maybe I get your take on this, but my take is if, if you have areas that are so prone to. Yeah,
1: maybe we stop subsidizing uh, yeah. places in the paths of hurricanes and on floodplains.
0: I, exactly. This is, you know, I, I feel like, okay. The, <laughs> I mean, DeSantis is supposed to be a super conservative government in a in a red state, and yet this—I mean—he it, it, doesn't talk a lot. But then again, there'd be like I don't know, like a third of Florida that would practically would revolt against that sort of thing. But yeah, that seems odd to me. No, right? no yes, no,
1: but but no, because and and again, this these are places where again I sometimes I'm skeptical because when we get the responses of this has been the most destructive hurricane season ever in terms of of uh, millions of dollars, uh, billions of dollars. You say, well, of course, because yeah, we keep, every time there's a hurricane, we keep building nicer and nicer sure. stuff, yeah, uh right there <laughs> where the hurricane's going to hit um so of course it it's uh going to be more expensive than it was last time um so that's that's my yeah my my skepticism and also things about you know when the you know the largest hurricane season you know we've well, I don't know what was the hurricane season in the Caribbean lake in in fourteen fifty Well, nobody knows. Right. Um, uh, What are the you know, if you if you consider that, right, that um, we weren't always keeping track of all these things until really the last 150, 200 years. Um, That changes. And, and, you know, our our instruments uh, to keep track of those things were were not as exact then. Um, The fact that definitions can change in terms of what's a hurricane, what's not a hurricane, what's, you know. Uh, When does an El Nino start? When before, you know, when does, uh, when there was, there was a story, this was recently that the El Nino this year was like the earliest uh, ever announced El Nino. Um, But of course the, 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 you know, when you decide to make an announcement about the El Nino isn't a scientific fact. That's a, that's a a human function.
0: Yeah. But, but I think. So
1: those are, those are my, those are my reasons for, for skepticism. uh, think Uh, again, I'm not saying I'm denying, but. I I think people. I'm I'm sure of it, that a number
0: of listeners that have gotten to this point might, might be thinking, well, okay, Jay, maybe you're right on all of those particulars, even if they concede that you're right on those particulars. They would argue that in a way it provides aid and comfort, it provides cover for people to take that bill of particulars and expand that into a reason for why we can just ignore all of the findings of climate science, because if they lied about that, they're probably lying about everything in the service of the liberal institutions that want to destroy our way of life and so forth. And so what you're actually doing is hastening our destruction by giving people good reason to it was the very the
1: afternoon. Hastening our destruction. Hastening our destruction. There you go.
0: Well, i am um, sure you're well
1: not. i i i certainly i certainly didn't mean to hasten anyone's destruction well
0: you know um it happens sometimes
1: but uh, look I, I think if you were if you were on the right that were as i am i think it it does make it difficult i would say i'd argue with the other way um if you want buy-in um from people on on the right then um the answers you know then then maybe the responses should should to to you know, legitimate kind of questions um, should be like the kind of conversations we have, um, but they shouldn't be shut up, right? It shouldn't be the, uh, the like the East Anglia situation, right? sure. where people, this is where, where, where it was raised the same issue of, well, you know, we adjusted all the historical temperatures because of, we couldn't, you know, the instrumentation wasn't that bad and so forth. And, you know, someone said, okay, well, can we, can we see the original numbers? And well, no, you can't. Well, why not? We destroyed them. What do you mean? You, you destroyed them? That doesn't sound terribly you know terribly scientific. Uh, and the idea was, well, no, of course we we destroyed them because otherwise people might misuse them and, and try to uh, mislead people about the gravity of this uh, this crisis. And and that that to me is reason to to say, well, maybe I shouldn't believe you. Um, so,
0: well, I I think both sides are engaging elements on both sides are engaging in what you might call. Uh, if we're going to uh, uh, make it sound all fancy noble lies right to advance what they yeah, believe yeah. to be good causes that's exactly what it is but <laughs> more uh, th- not that there's any political opportunism <laughs> involved in any
1: of this no right? no i'm i'm no i I'm, know i mean that in very much as as you do and if maybe listeners don't uh, the the platonic sense yeah, of, exactly. of uh, noble lies that in plato's republic he he, uh, he well he socrates um you know makes the argument that yeah obviously there can be noble lies where um because uh, you people are also stupid um uh, we have to lie to tell you something uh to do something because otherwise you'll you'll do something uh, you'll drink the bleach or or whatever um hence the uh, hence the, the the Fauci uh well you you don't need a mask uh uh but then you do um uh, the noble lie being that they wanted to preserve the masks for healthcare people um you know or or that being at least the the follow up or the, <laughs> to the to the to noble lie. um the same thing goes with the you know but again a lot of this this uh the covid uh censorship uh, type stuff of well we don't want a shit show with the chinese so we'll, we will uh agree that um uh we will we will not uh say this is a lab leak, and anyone who does uh is a wacko tinfoil uh, head conspiracist um uh so anyway, I and, and, my and, my and, position, Mike, as a conservative, is is that we ought to reject the noble lie in favor of the idea that men are, uh, by their nature, rational, uh, and and that's uh, rationality is what gives us our, our basis for our self government. Yeah, I surely <laughs> agree.
0: Yeah, I, I I hear you. Um, and
1: right, and, I, and Plato, Yeah, Plato's position, to be clear, was like, look, a whole bunch of you are just idiots.
0: Yeah. I'm with Plato, you know, um, not <laughs> listeners, right? But, well, no, we've had this discussion before, is that you are a lot more convinced of the reasonableness and rationality of people on average than I am. I think most people are are well-intentioned and want to do the right thing, but they're just, for various reasons, some of them just aren't too smart. Some of them, because of various factors, are just not able to to think, uh, to, to reason at that level off of Reasons that are not not their fault. People's abilities and all kinds of things vary, right? I mean, I can't dunk a basketball, yeah. you know? And so but yeah. but that doesn't mean I should be on the caps, right? I mean,
1: so but, but the but I think the the distinction, and I I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. Maybe one day you and I should just have a big discussion about this because it is, this is a fundamental oh, yeah. piece here. Yep. Um is no. Uh and I've I've also, you know, made that that comparison too, that look, I can't uh play basketball like LeBron James. Um but I can play basketball. You know what I mean? I can still, I can still dribble a ball. I can still shoot. And, and it's sort of well enough to get by. Now, can I do that at the highest level? No. And, and that, I think that's what I would say. Look, some people are smarter than others. Um, some people have greater capacity for reason than others. But everybody's got sort of enough, you know, these sort of common sense reasoning ability, I think, to, to get through life and to, to participate in self-government.
0: Yeah. And that's where um, that's where that's where we you're right. And we probably should find a way to structure a larger conversation on that, because I I think I'm with the framers on this and the Tocqueville and, and, and others from back then thinking that, well, there certainly are a lot of people who are capable of it. But we need to set up our institutions and our processes in such a way to protect us from the significant portion of people who for various reasons aren't able to rise to that. And that's not, I'm not trying to degrade people or think they're in any way lesser than, but I, I just think ab- abilities differ. And, uh, that, uh, that I think you can make an argument that in making government more democratic, you can make it more harmful to the people you're trying to help.
1: Oh, no, no. I, and I would, I would tend to agree with you there more democratic, but, um, uh, I guess I guess my argument would be um, when the certain things and again we're getting pretty far afield. We sure um, are, but it's you know <laughs> what, the, what the
0: hell, we're at the hour but, mark, um, we can do
1: what we want at this point. Yeah, right? yeah, but 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 no, things like, you know, why should the government censor speech because uh or people not be allowed to say things, or as as Robert F. Kennedy uh had proposed in the past, client deniers be put in jail um because they may give aid and comfort to to no uh, i see what you're saying yeah who, yeah yeah They were perpetuating yeah. the, the discretion of society um well maybe but i guess is the question of yeah there are a lot of dumb people but um uh isn't isn't the bigger problem can we trust people who are smart well I do. you can have people who are, are very smart but but also untrustworthy and and unevil and and, uh, and and can we trust them all that can we trust that all the wise will be noble ones
0: but but it's a balance. I think you'll agree with that and that's that's the genius of the system I think that the framers initially set up is it tried to strike that balance between yeah. those things. And I think you make a reasonable case that that balance has changed uh in, in a lot of ways and not necessarily for the better now it has in in, in plenty of ways but anyway you're right we are awfully far afield <laughs> At this point, so, but yeah, well, we haven't talked in a long time. No, that's right. It's been, it's been quite a while. So, but, but anyway, maybe we should wrap it up. Uh, but before we do, I want to thank, uh, Kyle, who's a, a long time supporter, been with us for, geez, I don't know, almost four years, I think at this point, uh, who recently increased his support for the show. Uh, so thank you very much, Kyle. We really do appreciate that. Um, and if, you're not already a supporter, or if you're a supporter but want to do what Kyle did and increase your support, we hope you'll consider that. Uh, you make it possible for us to do this. We are very, very, by and large, supporter. The, the ad, the, the occasional ads don't quite do it for us, so it really takes your help. Uh, and when you're a supporter, you get know, all kinds of good stuff. You get ad-free versions of everything we put out. You get our expo- our supporter-exclusive midweek show, the whole thing, not just the preview, a bunch of other stuff. Check it out, patreon.com slash politicsguys. Uh, on Venmo, we're at politicsguys. You can support us that way or through PayPal. All the links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get that full midweek show, but you can't afford to support us right now, totally not a problem. Send me an email on politicsguys.com. I will get that set up for you. And whether you're a supporter or not, it really does help if you spread the word to other folks. Uh, as a subscribe, rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Tell your friends, hire a skywriter, do whatever you can. It really it really matters a lot. If you want to get in touch with us, lots of ways to do that. There's our special Discord group for supporters. Always a lot of fun. Email, MailPoliticsGuys.com, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and when, at one point, I'm sure we'll be on threads as well. Um, we'll see about that. Anyway. Before we go, as always, a very special thanks to our fantastic executive producers, Bruce Johnson, Wilma Moreno, Andre Masker, Daniel Toe, Ryan Beasley, Don Oglesby, and Ivan English. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. We hope you'll join us.